This podcast was produced on Sunday, January 28th at 10.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You in the Canada t-shirt. Yes. Hi there. Thank you so much for taking my question. Thank you for showing up here tonight. I was just curious how you feel about being the first prime minister ever found guilty of a federal crime. was one of the questions posed to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau during an open town hall meeting this month in Sackville, Nova Scotia. It seems like so long ago. While the Prime Minister was in fighting form Sunday as Liberal MPs gathered for a winter caucus session and a chance to set up the spring sitting. Things aren't going to be slowing down anytime soon. Our focus as we head into this spring is going to be where it has always been, on Canadians, on continuing to deliver the real change Canadians told us they needed. I'm Althea Raj, and this is Follow Up, a HuffPost Canada politics podcast. After a six and a half week break, MPs returned to Parliament Hill with a full agenda. Legislation to legalize marijuana still hasn't been passed. Questions surround the now approved Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. Phew, that's a mouthful. And uncertainty remains around NAFTA negotiations. The agreement reached in Tokyo today is the right deal. Our government stood up for Canadian interests, and this agreement meets our objectives. The Canadian government today just threw the NAFTA negotiating team right under the bus. Big ethical questions will also, no doubt, find their way into question period. Right before the holidays, Ethics Commissioner Mary Dawson released her much-anticipated report on the Prime Minister's visit to the Aga Khan's private island in the Bahamas. She concluded Justin Trudeau had breached four provisions of the Conflict of Interest Act, a historic first. The Commissioner's report this morning makes it very clear that I should have taken precautions and cleared my family vacation and dealings with the Aga Khan in advance. I'm sorry I didn't, and in the future, I will be clearing all my family vacations with the Commissioner's office. Opposition MPs tried to drag the Prime Minister before a Commons Committee to talk about his ethical lapses. Not once, but twice. We've never had a report from an Ethics Commissioner quite like this, and so I think our response should also uh, meet the seriousness of what's happened. But Liberal MPs vetoed both of those motions. So the motion... Fails, uh, 6-3. We are adjourned. Last week, we learned Kelly Leach, the controversial Conservative leadership candidate, won't be running again. For myself, it's about public service. I'm a pediatric surgeon. I love to take care of kids. And those kids need to get back on the playground to play, and I'm one of the few people in the country that can do that. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer cleaned house by dumping Lynn Bayak, the senator better known for highlighting the positive aspects of residential schools. I made it very clear to the senator uh, that her approach on these issues was not my approach. And ultimately, the types of comments that were posted on her website, uh, you know, quite frankly, racist. Over on the NDP side, leader Jagmeet Singh made plenty of headlines over the break. Not for his ideas, but for his staged proposal in front of friends, family, and hand-picked media. Nothing says true love like, let's use this for a photo op. 
But on the bright side, pundits are saying it's the first time an NDP proposal might actually go through. Singh's wedding is set for February 4th. Stay tuned, our political panel has a thought or two about his latest made-for-Instagram moment. And with 18 months left to go before the next federal election, all party leaders have their work cut out for them. What do they need to do? We'll talk about that next. Unfortunately, the scourge of sexual harassment and improper behavior uh, knows no limits based on political lines. Every, every party, uh, every level in Canada has unfortunately had to grapple uh, with these issues. While the Canadian political world is still chewing on the bombshell sexual harassment allegations swirling around the now former Ontario PC leader Patrick Brown and now former federal cabinet minister Ken Hare. I had a great discussion about that and the fallout with our political panel in the last episode of Follow Up. They're back now to talk about what fireworks we could see in this upcoming session of Parliament. Uh, Greg McCachron, Senior Vice President with Enveronics Communications, former Liberal staffer. Rachel Curran, former Director of Policy to Prime Minister Stephen Harper and currently Senior Associate at Harper & Associates. Carl Bélanger, former National Director of the NDP and President of Traction Strategies. A lot has happened since uh, MPs left uh, in December to go home. We had Mary Dawson, the Ethics Commissioner, former Ethics Commissioner now's uh, report on the Aga Khan and Mr. Trudeau um, breaking uh, four parts of the Conflict of Interest Act. We had Jagmeet Singh's surprise, maybe not so surprising, engagement. Um, Charlie Angus, the NDP MP, had an interesting tweet that got a lot of traction, especially from conservatives who seemed to really like to retweet it, um, <laughs> noting that there were some, uh, and some liberals as well, uh, some not so all is great in the NDP family with regards to some of the house cleaning that Mr. Singh's team is doing. Um, and of course, we have the Prime Minister's uh, comments on NAFTA, the signing of the TPP, now the CPTPP. Um, so there's lots on the agenda. Um, what's happened with each leader? What does each leader need to do in this sitting? I'm going to start. Alba, let's go around the table like this. Let's start with the Prime Minister. Um, I, one of the things that I think we've learned from the 06 election when the RCMP investigation went on and in the 2008 election when there was a Thanksgiving weekend for people to discuss, those times, uh, that they, these are when people gather and there's a lot of conversation. I think what's concerning for the Prime Minister is that the Aga Khan report came out just before Christmas. And I think that pr people probably, if they talked about politics over the Christmas holidays, probably talked about that. And you see that perhaps reflected in the polling, that there was a little bit of a dip. So I think if I'm the opposition, I want to ask questions about that. What I find it a bit interesting is that there wasn't a lot of pushback from the Prime Minister and his people. You know, this definition of a friend, um, she said there wasn't a lot of contact, and then there was a video showing that the Aga Khan was hugging Justin Trudeau in 2008, and it's a bit, bit murky. But I think that's something that they're obviously going to face if I'm the opposition. I think for the Conservatives... Um, what they really, the caucus has to show some discipline. They had amazing discipline, um, perhaps too okay, much. Okay, wait a second. We'll come back to the Conservatives. Okay, we'll Let's just, just with do the around with the, okay. with the Prime Minister. <laughs> Prime Minister. So, yeah, I think that is the challenge. You mentioned the report issued by, by Mary Dawson, the first Prime Minister in history to be found in breach of federal law, uh, which, is, which is pretty significant, I think. Um, so, so yeah. Well, 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 we'll see. We'll see how politically significant it is. Um, I, I think that is the challenge for for the Liberals and for the Prime Minister is to 
sort of combat this perception, um, rightful perception, that they're arrogant, that they're entitled, they're out of touch, um, that there's sort of one set of rules for everyone else and another one for the liberal elite. Um, and despite this focus on the middle class, that their that their real uh, interest is in, um, you know, pr- protecting their sort of friends uh, uh, and and a close a close circle of of uh, liberal benefactors. So that I think is going to be um, the prime minister's challenge to um, reiterate that message that in fact it is regular Canadians that he cares about and is governing on behalf of, and that's going to be a real challenge in light of Mary Dawson's report. Okay. Let's face it, Justin Trudeau had the worst fall of his entire political career. Like we've talked about, uh, you know, the issues with the Aga Khan and the trip, but uh, you know, in the Bahamas and uh, all the problems around that, and and the fact that he violated the uh, the law. But add to that a finance minister that completely fumbled. Uh, a tax reform announcement because of his own personal uh, problems, mm-hmm. uh, you know, non-disclosure of a villa in France, uh, uh, you know, accusation of insider trading was cleared from that. But people were talking about this ten million dollars he pocketed with a suspicious, you know, transaction, um, uh, you know, and, and, and the fact that he didn't put his assets in the blind trust like he said he would. Uh, add to that Melanie Jolie dropping the Netflix ball, building a multi-million dollars. You know, rank on Parliament Hill that's used for a couple of weeks. Uh, Diane Le Boutillier would spend the entire fall on the defensive because of changes into the interpretation of tax laws, going after diabetes, going after you name it. There's been a, a lot of things like that. It has been a terrible fall for Justin Trudeau. Yet, despite all of it, he's still ahead in the polls. If there was an election tomorrow, he would form a second majority government. So the question is, what will the opposition do about it? Because they have not been able to really put a dent in his armor. You see a few cracks. We've mentioned there's a slight dip in the poll. But is that a, is that a trend? Or is that a missed opportunity for the, for the opposition parties who were not able to uh, really damage the Trudeau brand? Um, and so they've missed that opportunity. And if Justin Trudeau decides is able to right his ship, then he would have escaped basically undamaged. If the Prime Minister is unable to convince uh, the U.S. negotiating team not to invoke the six-month withdrawal, does he wear that? Um, I'm not sure that he does because I think what they would do, um, you know, my advice if I was working for them would be to quickly um, uh, transition to other trade deals. The whole point of this U.S. outreach that they've done, which they've got you know, Brian Top giving them advice. They've got Ronnie Ambrose. Brian Mulroney this week. Brian Mulroney before the, the Senate committee. Um, I think is that you start working right away. Uh, there's going to be some forms of trade. There's going to be, you know, states that are still looking for them. And what I'm told is that they have this, you know, they've gone beyond the White House. It's beyond Congress. It's at the state level. It's governors. It's state senators. And then you get that plan up and going as quickly as you can. You don't wait. I think now people are starting to think that, Trump will signal his six-month pullout. It's not if, but when. Are you sending a message to the U.S. that Canada can do it without you? Well, the message we're sending, I would say, is the same message we've been sending all along, that uh, uh, diversification is key for Canada. What's the reaction if Donald Trump decides to walk away from trade negotiations, effectively smashing this global supply system that exists? Well, again, a very difficult thing to predict, a a presumption that it would be a negative uh, for the economy. 
but I think what's uh, maybe the more important, you know, the question is how will trade sort itself out? It goes right down to company by company. You re-optimize uh, based on a tariff structure. But I think the more important channel of effect on the economy is already active, and that's the investment channel. So when firms decide to invest, those are things that are like sort of five or 10-year decisions. They're not every, every quarter. And so for the last year, they've been telling us, well, I'm holding off on my investment. You know, I'm, or I'm considering expanding my Alabama plant instead of expanding my Ontario plant. And uh, those kinds of decisions last for a long time. That was Bank of Canada Governor Stephen Polatz talking about the current drag on investment in Canada. You might think Conservative leader Andrew Scheer would be calling for deeper tax cuts, such as the ones the Republicans have embraced south of the border. But so far, the new leader has been focused mostly on introducing himself to Canadians. I grew up in the kind of family lots of Canadians would recognize. My mom was a nurse, and my dad worked for a newspaper. And of course, poking jabs at Justin Trudeau. When I was flying in, coming here, uh, landing on, in the harbour in Vancouver Island, in British Columbia in the winter, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not the first federal leader that has gone away to an island to escape some of the winter <laughs> in, in Ottawa. But I can assure you that this trip to this island will not get me into trouble with the Ethics Commissioner. What is Mr. Sears' challenge? I mean, he has gone to Washington, done the NAFTA pitch, he's met uh, or trying to meet with people across the country, but it doesn't seem to be resonating that much. Yeah, well, that it, that is his biggest challenge. Um, I agree with Carl 100%. So the, he has not been able so far, uh, despite doing his best to hold the prime minister, to hold the government to account on a number of these issues over the fall, really been able to uh, make a dent in the prime minister's personal popularity or establish himself a, a sense of who he is and what he stands for. So that will be his challenge over the coming year. Uh, you know, he's doubtless working hard now to try and figure out how to introduce himself again uh, to Canadians. So his um, his work will be cut out for him to, to really uh, make his mark, um, to let people know who he is and to somehow get some traction uh, against the current government. He's got plenty of material to work with. It's figuring out how to use it in a way that really resonates. Is encouraging likely Kelly Leach to not run in 2019 part of that plan? I don't know if that's part of the plan, if there's an actual purge going on in the culture of the party to soften their image, to distance themselves from the little more radical elements of the party. It is we, interesting that there are five is. MPs fighting nomination battles that are not the most popular members of caucus, Gerald Gallant, Brad Trost, among others. Well, they're not the most popular, uh, you know, uh, in some circles, but they're with, popular in the, with the base, <laughs> with some element of the base, the people who pay, you know, give some cash, hard-earned cash to the party, like these things are resonating. That's why they've been kept around. And that's why, you know, I mean, there's a reason why Kelly Leach, Kelly Leach raised the most money, right? It's because that, that, that discourse she was having uh, was originally with a certain uh, number well, of people. To that be said, fair, she raised most of the money before she started saying that. She raised most of the money in the summer before she came out with her sort of anti-immigrant. Yeah, I mean, and, and also did very poorly in the end. In the, in the end, she race. did. In the end, she did. Com coming back to Andrew Scheer, mm -hmm. if he is trying to soften the image of the party, 
that these things are happening from the from his office or from the party organization, or if it's happening organically from the party membership who are tired of seeing that kind of, uh, you know, uh, bozo eruption from Cheryl Galan and others uh, putting the campaign off message. I think that's a good thing for the Conservative Party. Um, but but you know Andrew Scheer uh, is playing up his image as the ordinary dad, the middle class guy. He's, you know he's dressed in brown. He's walking around in a you know in a in a movie set. Uh, it he looks likes to like, talk about his minivan. Exactly right. <laughs> so he's playing that up. And in all fairness to the conservative, even the fact, even besides the despite the fact that he is not reasoning yet. He's within striking distance of the liberal government. I mean, the last polls put him in the mid-30s. The, 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 the liberals are in the high-30s. That's striking distance. A campaign can shift that. Now, of course, underlying that, you see problematic numbers, especially when you look at who's the you know, your favorite prime minister or favorite prime minister. Uh, Sherry's not really competing with, uh, with uh, Justin Trudeau just yet. Uh, but they're going to stay the course. They've decided that the contrast they wanted was the multi-millionaire uh, prime minister jet-setting around on, on, on beaches with, with multi-billionaire or the minivan, the minivan uh, soccer dad. Uh, that's what they're going to play but, up. But Sheer is also with competing with his own members of caucus. And this is, you know, in terms of what I said earlier about discipline, you know, we had a meltdown by Can Candace Bergen on Twitter about, you know, a funny shirt that Justin Trudeau wore eight months ago. And the... The type of outrage that she's manufacturing is the man, is the outrage that their base wants. They should already have those people, and there's only so much media oxygen to go around. And if it's being consumed by his MPs, those columns in McLean's are not being written about Andrew Scheer. They're written about Candace right. Candace Bergen, and there's only one column that's going to be written about you know the Conservatives that week, and it's going to be about her. Or if Michelle Rempel's on Fox TV. Canadians are going, hmm, Fox TV, that's home of Donald Trump. That is not going well. So he needs to get some discipline in that caucus, and the attention has to be on the leader. And one of the things I would add to that is that eruption like we've seen from Candace Bergen, there's been others, I think are motivated by a hatred of Justin Trudeau and what he represents. Mm -hmm. And they got to put that in check because you know what? Most Canadians kind of like the guy. They they have a lot of uh, of Carol of liberals right? in two thousand six two thousand seven thought that that's how they were going to defeat Stephen Harper. That they really really hated this guy and they were waiting everybody. They started to pray. They waited for everybody else to jump in and it didn't work. People saw this guy as middle class and competent and they looked at Dion and Layton and said, "No, we're going to trust the competent guy through the recession." It didn't work then, and it's not going to work for the Conservatives now. Well, here's what the Liberals are really good at, which Andrew Scheer needs to figure out, is um, how to get Scheer talking about what they want him talking about. So here we have this record of, you know, policy errors and screwed up trade deals and breaches of the ethics acts uh, by the prime minister. And yet Andrew Scheer is out there talking about abortion rights and his participation in gay pride parades. So that is what the liberals want Andrew Scheer talking about. Somehow he has to figure out how not to walk into those traps and get back onto his own message. He's made it pretty clear what his position is. Um, so he needs to be, I think, a bit more strategic uh, about what he's out in public speaking on. It's almost like he needs to learn the lessons of Patrick Brown prior to these allegations, the not walking into traps on things like M103, not walking into traps on things like the summer jobs program. Couldn't agree more. Jack Singh, uh, 
Mr. Singh has actually kind of dropped off the media landscape since winning the leadership race. Um, he had a caucus meeting in Ottawa. He read most of his opening remarks. I was a bit surprised. Inequality is growing. It doesn't feel to people like life is getting any better. Um, what does he need to do to make himself known now that he's apparently agreed or decided not to seek a seat in the House? Well, the, he's got to be part of the, of the political conversation. He's got to make news. He's got to be part of the debates. He's got to be in the game. And I know it's going to be a little more difficult because you don't have a seat, but there's ways to do, to do that. It's been done before. Now, the NDP has the uh, opportunity to, uh, to, to launch their pre-election campaign because they have a lead, uh, convention coming up in February. So hopefully uh, the NDP leader will bring forward one or two proposals, not 20, one or two proposals that will be bold, that will try to define what this party is about. They're talking a lot about inequality. That's a, that's a, t- a terrain that they're fighting the liberals over. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to have a few good ideas that can, you know, frame yourself as a politician. Uh, and that goes beyond uh, the, 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 the image that people have of him. Um, because let's, let's face it, I mean, in terms of newsmaking, what we've heard from Jagmeet Singh lately is that he was going to get married, uh, which is congratulations. <laughs> I'm very happy for him. I am married too. It's a great thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you got to make political news and you got to be part of the debate and you got, you got to be able to punch your opponents and, and get some punch too. Uh, because if you are marginalized and being ignored, um, that's the worst thing that can happen to your party. Does the NAFTA and CPTPP not offer the NDP an opportunity to carve out some space on the left? On the, DB, the TPP, absolutely. It, it should. Yeah, yeah, it should. And I agree with Carl. Like the, the, it seems like the liberals are just sort of eating up whatever ground the NDP ever occupied. And we're moving to a two-party system in Canada where the NDP basically have no presence at all. That's certainly what we saw in the, la- in the, in the last couple of by-elections here. So, yes. so Singh's real challenge is to figure out what the NDP stand for, to carve out that that ground um, and to convince people that there is a reason to vote for the NDP uh, instead of Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. So I, I look, I'm, I'm hopeful he can do that. He's a charismatic guy. He seems to have a lot to say. Um, and this and the and the trade agenda, the liberal trade agenda, would be a great place for him to start. That deal has now been signed. I'm supportive of it, but there are plenty of people who are not. And Singh should be out there talking about that. Yeah, I've, I found the. Um Inviting the media to the engagement, um, Canadians, we're, we're a bit more reticent than Americans. You know, that seemed kind of like, you know, In Touch or Hello Magazine when you really want to be in like Newsweek or McLean's. And the fact that you invited media to it, I just found it very odd because in this day and age, you don't need somebody else to have a camera. We all have one. And I think had he, somebody else tweeted it out or something, they would have been a bit more earned media, um, surprised to it. I just found it very odd, and I don't think I'm alone, because when you see Charlie um, Angus tweeting about Instagram strategies and being very critical of it, he deleted the tweet, but obviously we, we know what he was talking about. Um, the other challenge I think you have, when you start inviting uh, the media in on the personal stuff, you cannot kick them out. And I talk about a premier in, in Nova Scotia who had his wife and child beside him when he kicked off the election, talked about families. And then there was a very public breaking up and his staff tried to say, no, no, you can't talk about this. And the media said, well, wait, you know, 
the premier is the person who made family an issue here. So once you invite them in and you have that level of kind of scrutiny, you have to be prepared that that is now your policy, that's the standard. And personally, as someone who's advised a lot of politicians, I'm not comfortable, not all families are comfortable with that level of, of intrusion. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little here because, you know, if there is a prime minister that has been able to play the personal card and invite media in in all kinds of personal moments, mm-hmm. it is Justin Trudeau. I mean, the media were invited to his wedding. There was lots of spread in magazines, uh, you know, not not the McLeans. I'm not the sure they were invited. Or, they were invited. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I have a friend who was in the wedding party, yeah. and they were not inside the, and, the, the church. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and, and uh, Carl, I'm not saying you're wrong. There is a level of awareness about uh, Justin and Sophie and their kids, but they have made that deal. They can't turn back now. So whatever happens with Justin and Sophie from now on, th- like that is the, that's the pact they've that, made. That's true. And I'm just hoping, and, and they're a rare case. I've worked for a lot of politicians. I mean, remember when Stephen mm-hmm. Harper dropped his, his kid off to school and shook hands? I felt so bad for the kid because it's so awkward. That's Who right. wants a bunch of media watching you on your first and, day of school? And, and the thing I wanted to add. pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I wanted to add to that is like that deal you're talking about. Uh, Pierre Calpalado is the other example I was going to bring up because he also invited a lot of media to his wedding. And that marriage ended up in a, ended up in a messy divorce that played out on the, in, like on public televisions and talk shows with them going and telling their side of the story. Even this week, I heard an interview of Pelado, former leader of the Parti Québécois, saying... Uh, what, uh, you know, I'll, in part, I'll, the reason he's a former leader of the Parti Québécois is Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, in the case of Singh, though, in all fairness to him, I think that what happened, and the reason why the media were invited, and not all media, it was like a, a few select uh, people for, for picture purposes and... Uh, I think it was in reaction to a Nothington Post, a Nothington Post piece before the uh, <laughs> well, the, the he holiday. Re- he refused I think to say was, he was engaged. Well, I think it's Celsius' <laughs> fault. I think she forced his end. <laughs> I, I may not disagree with that, but um, is there an uneasiness with the level of Instagram and sort of Justin Trudeau-esque media strategy that Singh is going after within caucus? Is is what we saw from Charlie Angus's tweet with response to, it was basically a, an organizer on the ground being let go, but he also made a comment about this era of social media. Is that deeper or is that just Charlie Angus? Well, Charlie Angus said those things during the leadership campaign. He did. I mean, he repeated the, 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 these, 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 these views time and time again, and he ended up not winning that leadership campaign. Um, in fact, a lot of people criticize his own use of uh, social media while praising uh, Jagmeet Singh's uh, utilization. So uh, I don't know if it's widespread within caucus. What I saw yesterday is a lot of caucus members coming out in support of the leader, uh, saying that you need to reach out to Canadians, that the new generation are communicating through social media. They're not sitting down at 10 o'clock to watch a national. We can see that in the ratings. Uh, that's true on CTV too, despite the great scoop by Glenn McGregor. People are not sitting down to watch these newscasts anymore. They're getting it from social media. You have to be a player on, 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 those, on those media. And uh, I think there's, a, you know, the issue is there's a, there's a need for balance. And that might be what Charlie Angus, you know, could be tapping into. It's like, you also need to be part of the mainstream political stories, like I said at the outset. 
Yeah, I'm sure it was sour grapes by by Mr. Angus. You're absolutely right. You need to have substance, yes, but you, in these days you need to have style as well. And I think maybe some of the discomfort with Mr. Singh is that it was so obviously staged. Um, so mm -hmm. not that it was, you know, the pictures were not fantastic and it was a, a lovely story, but it was so clearly staged that um, there was a little bit of a, a backlash to that. But he's a social media star and I think that will work in his favor. Well, they may not be watching the news, but hopefully they are listening to this podcast. So thank you very much, um, Greg, Carl, and Rachel for joining us. Thank Thanks, you. Althea. Thank you. Add women, change politics. It's not just the hashtag. Trudeau avoided addressing the controversy surrounding Kent Hare, his former Minister of Sports and Disabilities, in a speech to caucus Sunday. But he did touch on the topic. Sexual harassment is a systemic problem and it is unacceptable, Trudeau said in French. When women speak up, we have a responsibility to believe them. Add women change politics is how we will make a better country. Making workplaces better, safer, more welcoming places for women is not just the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do. Much of the economic and labor force growth we've seen over the past many decades is because of women entering into and changing the workforce. Outside of the caucus room, however, a new allegation emerged, brought forward by a former staffer from Manitoba MP Robert Falcon Willette. She said she was groped by hair at a caucus party in 2016. As a staffer of yours come to you and say, I feel I'd, uncomfortable I'd, with Minister Hare. Um, I have to go talk to the whip it's first. It's right there on Instagram, your staffers. Yeah, I know, but I, um, you know, I was in the military for a long time, so for me there's a, a procedure that I'm supposed to follow, and so I'm going to follow the procedure because it's obviously very important for, one, for justice for both individuals. Several cabinet ministers were also at a loss for words in trying to explain why Mr. Hare remains in caucus, while his Calgary colleague, MP Darshan Kang, was made to sit as an independent when he faced allegations of sexual harassment. Obviously, the question of sexual harassment is extremely important. And as a woman, I'm proud of all the women and men that, has decided, that have decided to speak up because time's up. Um, and, uh, and as for uh, Mr. Hare, uh, the process is undergoing right now, and we will follow that one. Just, just in English, why, why is Mr. Kang out of caucus and Mr. Hare is in caucus? Um, of course, there's a process right now that is uh, being done. We will uh, follow the results, um, and uh, I'm convinced that things are well managed and uh, that there sh should be uh, procedural fairness in this context. I have no uh, not knowledge other than what is in the public domain. Should he remain in cockpit, Kissel? I think, you know, the fact that he stepped away from his cabinet position is uh, the right thing to have done. And, you know, sexual harassment on the Hill is a very serious issue and we need to take it seriously. But we also need to make sure that we're allowing due diligence and due process. But Mr. Kang is out of caucus. Mr. Kang is out of caucus. Mr. Hare is in. Why? That's a question that's uh, outside of... Uh, outside of my ability to answer. Do you feel Sexual harassment and the climate on Parliament Hill will likely be another topic we're talking about in the coming months.
Well, that's our show. If you enjoyed this episode on iTunes, please leave us a review. Positive, I hope, there. <laughs> As always, we love to hear from you. Send us your thoughts and story ideas. You can reach me through Facebook or Twitter at Althea Raj, A-L-T-H-I-A-R-A-J is my handle. A big thank you this week to our lovely producer, Zian Lum, who's enjoying some well-earned time off in New York, and our technical producer, Stephanie Warner. Andre Lau is our executive producer. I'm Althea Raj. See you in two weeks.